Welcome back, Leadheads. This is the Nordic Components Talking Lead Podcast, episode 155. I am the number one Leadhead, Chuck here. I'm here with my man, Left Hand. Let's get what this up, Chuck? What's up? <laughs> Good intro there, bro. Thank you. Nice. So, it was a little more exciting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. Number one and I are just back from, you've probably been seeing the post on Facebook and Instagram from the 2016 Blade Show in Hotlanta. Yes, sir. Chuck got uh, a little more time in than I did. I actually left uh, a day earlier than what I had originally planned. But uh, I got a lot in that first day. Being my first Blade show, it was a lot for me to to take in. So I don't think I could have taken another day. My brain would have exploded. I I tell you what, too. I actually went back the second day, um, and I still didn't see everything. Did you not? There's a lot to see there. Yeah, there there actually is. The thing that really took up most of my time was because all these people are new. You know, I, I haven't really met the knife community, so I was going around and introducing myself to, to all these companies, and uh, that's really what took up most of my time that first day. I didn't really get a chance, much of a chance, to actually uh, go around and look at everything until you got there. Uh, you were kind of my mm-hmm. guide, showing me around. Uh, and I greatly appreciate you doing that, number one. Yeah, no worries, no worries. That was my pleasure. And I, just, I, wish, I wish we were able to see a little bit more. I know there was a, a still a lot more there to see. Yeah, there was. But uh, what what we saw uh, was, was awesome. So, yeah, we uh, saw some really cool things. We did. Talked some really cool people. Yeah, and we're going to get into that here in just a few minutes. First off, I'd like to go ahead and thank our guests from last week, the guys and girls from the VSO Gun Channel, Spectre, Tactical Bacon, and Mud Girl. Uh, greatly appreciate those guys being on and uh, co-hosting with me last week. It was a fun time. I know we had, uh, uh, again, some, I don't know if the audio was bad or not, but I know that they were using a, another laptop microphone. And I just want to say kudos to you, number one, for getting a headset and a mic. So <laughs> I got no excuses yeah, this it was, week. It was hurting last time. <laughs> And also, we had uh, Triumph Target guys on. Jared uh, was on, and th- those guys were talking about their target systems from the Big Three East. And also later in the show, I'm going to be cutting in some more interviews that I did from the Big Three East. So uh, stand by for those as well. Let's go ahead and thank our sponsors. Obviously, Nordic Components. Check them out at nordiccomp.com. The guys over at Cobalt Kinetics. Check them out, cobaltkinetics.com. Multicam, I got to rock the uh, lead sled at the Atlanta uh, Blade Show. Very, yeah, that thing's pretty cool. Got some great uh, reactions from that, and uh, still don't have all the sponsors on there. Uh, hopefully get by there this week and let Barry over at Graphic Effects uh, get the rest of the sponsors on there. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see it once you get those wheels finished. What did you think about it, man? You saw it up, up close yeah. and personal. After you got yeah, your Glock swag, the, de- the detail was was sick on it. I mean, just I mean, you hit every surface on there. I mean, it really didn't expect like to hit the bumpers. And I know you were explaining that they're going to do uh, they can do a multicam on the wheels as well. Man, that's going to look that's going to look awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Seventeen seventy six United. Go there and get our t shirts. And uh, hopefully we're going to be getting some patches in the near future. I know I keep saying that, but uh, <laughs> one day, one day we're going to get some patches. Uh, Dipstick Hydrographics, check them out at dipstick123.com. And then, of course, our contest sponsors, uh, there's a whole slew of them, CAA, 
Apex Tactical, Devil Dog Concepts, Tactical Walls, Glock. Number one got hooked up with a, a bunch of Glock swag this week. I told you yes. other leadheads, uh, if you're at the Blade Show, find me. And I hooked up several several leadheads with the Glock swag while we were there at Blade. So uh, appreciate you leadheads uh, flagging me down, and I hope you enjoy your Glock swag. Uh, Palmetto State Armory, Atlas Defense, and Keltec. So make sure that you go by and support the people that support this show and uh, tell them how much you appreciate them also supporting our 2A amendment rights. Nordic Components is an American-owned manufacturing company proud to produce quality products right here in the USA. As a company, we continually invest in our manufacturing capabilities to ensure that all of our products are the highest quality and most efficiently produced parts available. The Nordic Components business consists of two segments, manufacturing and sales. Our manufacturing business works to provide custom machine components for a variety of applications with our specialty being firearm components. The sales business produces lines of branded firearm accessories to enhance and elevate the shooting experience. We are a company owned and operated by individuals devoted to shooting sports, and many of us shoot competitively. We attend and sponsor a number of events around the country each year where we listen to you, the consumer, and are proud to say that all of our firearm components are a direct result of your input. As a firearms accessory provider, our aim is simple. Provide shooting enthusiasts with innovative products of uncompromising performance and reliability. Nordic Components. Check us out at nordiccomp.com. So, number one. Yes, sir. You want to do the jack wagon train right now? Or you want to talk about Blade Show? Uh, you can do the jack wagon first. Let's get the, the, jack uh, the gun wagon? stuff out of the way. All right, Gunny. Bring that jack wagon train in. Hoorah, uh, Semperfy, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, so this week, uh, I usually find some kind of jack wagon or something at shows that I go to, but I didn't. there weren't any jack wagons uh, at the Blade Show, and none that come t- come to mind right off. No, no, it was a well put on event. I mean, everyone was very well behaved. Uh, I know we got told by at least one of the vendors, you know, we're in the safest place in the world right now, (laughs) in the middle of Blade Show. Yeah, because every one of those guys was also carrying a a gun, mostly. So you got a combination of guns and knives. So yeah, his his statement was probably pretty accurate. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Misty over uh, at the Blade Show. She's one of the organizers. And she really hooked up Talking Lead, uh, kind of last minute getting us our passes uh, to be able to attend that event. So, Misty, thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it and looking forward to next year's uh, Blade Show. But You're awesome. Let's let's get to our jack wagon. So uh, this is kind of a, a current event, I guess, and it's another athlete in the news who uh, has been shot. Uh, I don't know if this is self-inflicted or what, but his name is Aquib Talib. Do you know who that is? He's with the Denver Broncos. He's a cornerback. And he's recently been hospitalized after he was shot Saturday night, uh, apparently at some sort of Dallas nightclub. Uh, what he's doing in Dallas, I have no idea. He's a, uh, a um, Denver Broncos player. Maybe he lives in, in Dallas or something. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, um, it doesn't give any details about what happened. Uh, 
but in 2011, he was indicted, but he was later cleared on charges in a Dallas County, in Dallas County, that he pistol whipped and shot at his sister's boyfriend. So, this, this isn't his uh, first time in the news uh, with something negatively firearms related. Uh, it says, Talib 30 has played the last two seasons with the Broncos and has been named a Pro Bowl in each of those seasons. Uh, veteran nine seasons, Talib is a three-time Pro Bowler who has eight career interceptions. So, uh, we'll see how long his career lasts with uh, his off-the-field antics like this. But again, it's kind of an initial report, so I don't know exactly what the, uh, the the thing was. But he was at a nightclub, so I'm sure it was uh, something stupid. Well, if he's if he's off the uh, if he's off his team, we'll have a nice warm seat there on the uh, jag wagon train. Yeah, yeah. You got anybody you want to throw on? Uh, yeah, two actually. First one, I'm not sure if this got covered last week. It may. I'm not sure when the last time. Uh, uh, well, first if, if off, got, we got we got a nomination that. Uh, Obama earns like a just a perpetual seat on the jack wagon train. I posted that on Facebook, and uh, I didn't get any votes. I put it to a vote, and nobody voted. Dudes, when you see my post, interact with them. Uh, I know that. I don't think I saw that one. Well, it probably. I was going to say. I know Facebook doesn't uh, it doesn't send it out to everybody, but I think it went out to quite a few people. Uh, but I didn't get any. I might have one vote on it. But uh, anyway, I'm I'm overriding it, and I'm I'm saying yes. Uh, <laughs> Obama gets a perpetual seat on the jack wagon train from from this point forward. But we will. But he's can, the world's greatest gun salesman. You know, and that's another thing, and that's going to go back to fa- to my fact to fight the myth when we do that, and I'll talk about that. So remind me to to do sure. that. All right. So Ken Silva. Well, was the lead head that made that that, that uh, suggestion. So I think you need to have a perpetual Jack Wagner of the Week award, and it would go to uh, a little B, Hussein O, who does at least one thing every week to qualify. It's an astounding performance and unequaled in American history. So, yes, Obama is our perpetual Jack Wagner of the Week. So thank you, Ken, <laughs> for, for the suggestion. Um, now, number one. What are your jack wagons this week? Uh, well, the first one it had to do with probably news that came out last week or the week before. Uh, but Katie Couric, uh, <laughs> in the in a, an interview that she did uh, with, I guess it was a documentary that she's doing. Right, about, I've heard about uh, this. Yeah, yeah, the under the under the gun, I think is what it's called, where she was interviewing a group from the was it the Virginia. I uh, lost the name of it. It was basically a guns rights group from uh, out of Virginia. And what happened in the, I guess, the final edit or the final cut of the show was she asked them a question about uh, about background checks for gun purchasers and how do you prevent felons, terrorists from walking into a, a gun dealer and purchasing a gun. And right. in the final edit, they ended up with this nine-second uh, just – empty noise where, where it looked like the, the, uh, the gun group was, uh, just confused about the question, didn't know how to answer it. Where in reality, they actually filmed the, the, uh, the interview themselves and they answered and gave a very good answer. Um, so with how Katie Couric and I guess whoever it was that edited this piece of video, uh, 
basically all they were trying to do was make this gun group look dumb. Right. Uh, so for that, yeah, she I think she earned a spot. So her and her editor. Yeah. So here, the, here's what it is. It says if there are no background checks for the purchasing of firearms, how do you prevent felons or terrorists from purchasing a gun? That was the question that she asked. In the unedited version, the VCDL had plenty of answers and responded without delay. In the under-the-gun version, uh, they appeared clueless. So she edited it in a way that made them look like idiots, which the the yes. you know the left is notorious for. Um, her editor issued an earlier apology stating her intent was to lead dramatic weight so the viewers would consider the question. Uh, pundits on both sides of the political spectrum aren't buying it, no doubt. And then it goes on to say, see, by asking a private party from Arizona to sell to someone from Colorado, the film's producers incited an otherwise law-abiding citizen to commit a federal crime. So uh, this was in that uh, documentary that she did as well. So, you know, they're breaking all kinds of federal laws here also. There's no indication that the government will pursue charges against her, nor is it clear if Katie Couric would consider guilty by association if true or if this is strictly uh, her producer's thing to worry about. And I guess the producer's, I can't say, it's S-O-E-C-T-I-G-S, Sotigs. Yeah, I wasn't going to attempt that one. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, not only were they, you know, they're guilty of, you know, lying on the documentary, editing it to, to their side of the spectrum, but they also were breaking federal laws by uh, persuading uh, a normal law-abiding citizen to break the law. So she needs to go to jail or, or you know, she, well, who was that, that reporter recently that uh, got in trouble for uh, lying about some uh, war coverage that he did. Oh, was it Brian uh, Williams? Yeah, Brian Williams. Yeah. So, you know, he gets in trouble for that, and, you know, he basically uh, gets shut out of the, you know, the whole journalism yeah, he circle. His, he lost his main gig at the, you know, at Lost Nightly his News, main then, gig, uh, lost they, his... They finally brought him back. Oh, they did bring him back? That's, yeah, I think he's on MS, MSNBC now. Okay. Well, same thing needs to happen to Katie Couric. She needs to be banned from journalism forever, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. So you said you had two? Who's who's your other one? The other one is kind of a more general one. I think it's something I saw on the news, uh, I think this morning or last night, where uh, at the Trump rally out in California, I'm not big Trump supporter myself, but uh, these protesters, uh, as the Trump supporters were leaving the event. And, and you know what? Just I just, I just want to put this, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to put this out there. If you're a Trump supporter, don't be ashamed to be a Trump supporter. Come out and say it. Um, if you're not a Trump supporter, then who are you supporting? Because he's the main, the main guy on the ticket right now. You know, you're not going to be supporting no, Hillary, right? No. Okay. No. So who, who does that really leave for you to support? Oh, I don't know yet. It, it's, it's, I'm in a tough, I'm in a tough place right now. There was a few guys I was, I was looking. I really did want to support, but uh, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm gonna do right now. Yeah, but if they're really not, to, if they're not on the ticket, then you can't, you can't support them. You can't vote for them. Yeah, you I, know, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do right now. Yeah, so it's, it, I just want to tough. say that. Yeah, but, but all right, go ahead with your, anyways, your second jack wagon. Get, getting back, getting back to, but the the supporters that were leaving this rally and heading back to their cars. 
were basically met you know, right outside by all of the protesters. And the protesters were actually assaulting many of them. I mean, you see on, on, on the news there where many of them had bloody noses, uh, bruises, shirts ripped off their backs. Uh, you see a lot of them in their cars as they're trying to leave parking lots. They're getting uh, their cars kicked in and, and damaged and destroyed by these protesters. And all of these protesters, anyway, I mean, everyone has their First Amendment right to to go out and protest and do what you think, but you got to do it in, in, a, uh, in a in a peaceful manner. Um, anyone that crosses that line and starts getting violent, that they, they they're on that that jack wagon train. There you go. Yeah, there, there's no reason that you got to get violent to protest, but somehow the uh, the left think that they have to get violent, you know, especially when they see a sinking ship. They always resort to to violence, and what they're doing is that you know they go to these they go to these Trump, um, what does he do? Um, campaigns. What are those called? His rallies. Yeah, rallies. rallies. They go to these Trump rallies, and they intentionally start violence because that immediately gets associated with Donald Trump. So when you hear Trump, you think of violence. Yes. So it's you know it's a psychological thing that they're doing. So, I mean, that's something that you guys have to, you know, you're going to, and again, our society, critical thinking, you know, think about what they're doing here. You know, there's a, a reason behind their madness and why they're doing this. So, good jack wagons, man. Very good. Thank you. All right. So, now let's talk about Blade Show 2016. Yes. So, I was telling you guys that I made a lot of, of good contacts. I didn't do any interviews while I was there at Blade Show, and I did that intentionally because I wanted to focus more on getting to know uh, the companies and the people. So instead of just coming up and me doing an interview and not knowing anything about the the company, and I thought that would be pretty insincere. So uh, I went, like I said, I went and introduced myself to these uh, these companies, and um, and got to know you know the people that were there. I told them about the show, and they were all interested. Everybody I talked to was interested in being on the show, even though we're you know mainly a firearms show. Uh, I wanted to bring the element of of the knife into the show as well, because you know ultimately we always get to knife somehow, some way, especially when we you know talk about our EDCs. Um, and speaking of EDC check, bam! I just did that. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> uh, We've yes. not had an EDC check in, in forever. I know it. What do you got? Oh, we'll see what I can pull out here. What do you got? Uh, first, well, first knife. I just got my simple Benchmade Griptilian. Yeah. It's my kind of, my every use knife. Cool. I've got my Fox Knives Dart, Dart Knife. Nice. Yeah, you showed me Very that cool. one. It's kind uh, of a it's a, a karambit style knife with a uh, tanto straight uh, tanto edge on the uh, on the blade side. Right. And speaking of fox knives, we got to meet that gentleman and yes. talked in length yeah, with, with him. Looking forward to that interview because that's going to be that's going to be a very interesting one. Yeah, uh, because as he had he had a great story to tell. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's going to be on the show. But yeah, go ahead. What else you got? Um, got my. Springfield XDS nine millimeter. Springfield XDS single stack. Single stack, easy to easy to seal inside. Yeah. Uh, and you got see. some kind of grippy stuff on that. You showed me. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something I got from, I think it was from Powder River. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just, uh, enhance the, the grip, enhance the grip on there. Makes it, it makes it a little more comfortable to grab onto. Yeah. It was pretty Didn't nice. Around it had give you a good positive grip. I liked it. Yep. I've got my Hellbent Holsters wallet. Actually, it's a kind of an older one. Not, it's not as cool as their new, newer ones that they have. Uh-huh. It's a little, uh, it's a Kydex wallet. Um, basically just allows you to slide your cards out real easy. Keeps the bulk down, keeps the, you know, the, what you're printing in your pocket to a minimum. I think that's all I got right now. I had my my Karambit uh, trainer earlier, but I think okay. I put that down somewhere. That's what I've got. No, you got no no torch, no light. Uh, I forgot to put it in my pocket. Oh, okay. I normally carry I normally carry a little. Uh, it's an Olite S10R. Cool. Uh, it's a little little small guy uh, with a rechargeable battery. Base has a little rechargeable base. Gotcha. You can just sit it on to recharge it. Well, I've got my standard. Glock 27 and Glock 23. Rocking both the Glocks. Uh, got the appendix carry going with the uh, the 23. And I'm using, right now, I'm using a, uh, just a Black Hawk. And I've talked about it on shows earlier. It's just a real minimal holster for the appendix. Really lightweight. I don't like a lot of freaking... You know how some of those uh, will come on up the side of the Glock real high? This one's cut down as low as you can cut it and still be covering the, the trigger. So I really like that. Uh, and then um, ankle holster. Uh, I'm in the market for a new ankle holster, so I want some recommendations on a, an ankle holster. I'm going to be working with Jeff over at Leatherneck Tactical uh, on maybe designing one. So uh, stand by for that. And Jeff was supposed to join us on the show. Uh, I actually went with, uh, and, and I appreciate it. I wouldn't have gone if I didn't get the invite from these guys, but uh, Brandon, Jeff, and Tyler. Uh, Brandon's with Leatherneck Tactical. Brandon's with Complete Nutrition. And Tyler is with On Target, a gun range here in uh, Murfreesboro. So thanks to those guys for the invite. I really appreciate that. They were going to be on the show, but they all had something going on today. We're actually recording late this week. It's Sunday. Uh, so I'm going to be pushing to get this show out. Hopefully I'll get it out in time for, for you guys to listen to tomorrow. Um, I'm also carrying a Leatherneck Tactical. He does a lot of great uh, Kydex work, so check him out at Leatherneck Tactical. It's like uh, one of those little things that you were talking about, a wallet. It's a real minimal. You put your business cards in there. You put your credit cards, uh, and it keeps everything tightly secured and organized for you, and you can quickly kind of thumb through and... Uh, ID what you're wanting to pull out real quick instead of having to pull everything out. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah, I like I liked how he had the uh, the little uh, little space for the patch on the back of it too. That's cool. Yeah, and then he's also put the uh, little customizing the little hook and loop so you can put patches on your little your wallet as well. So, and he's got all kinds of different designs for for Kydex uses: knife holsters, uh, gun holsters, skull can holsters. <laughs> All kinds of cool stuff, so <laughs> make sure you check him out at, at Leatherneck Tactical. And I also wanted to, we got to hang out with one of um, one of their friends, and I just met him at the the show this week, too. And it's... Oh, wait, I got I got one more thing to add to my EDC. Okay. We got... It's actually something that I, that I, I actually just won at over the weekend, too. It's my cold steel tie machete. <laughs> you can't carry that. It's not an EDC. <laughs> That don't count. Hey, I'm in Georgia. I can carry anything. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can in Tennessee too. That's true. Awesome. So you won that, huh? Yes, sir. Very cool. Congratulations. You, know, you, you win you like everything. <laughs> you win more than I did. I, I was I wasn't expecting to win this one. That was kind of a, a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. But this was at a uh, this was at that that seminar that I told you I was attending uh, on that that yeah. Saturday morning. We'll talk about that in just a uh, second. Sure. Yeah, we'll bring that up. Uh, but I want to thank Matt Williams. Uh, he's with South Paul Knots. He does the cool uh, lanyards that you can put on your knives. Uh, he does survival bracelets, all kinds of uh, cool different paracord type stuff. The monkey knots, is that what they're called? Monkey knots, monkey fist. Yeah, or monkey monkey balls or monkey monkey nuts. balls. Monkey yeah, fists. whatever whatever they are. Um, but he and I are working on one. Uh, a new design for a monkey ball, but I'm not going to tell you what it is because everybody's still on our idea. Um, but I told you about it, so uh, we'll we'll see how that turns out. But uh, I'm also carrying a Coast knife, and you're going to ask me the model number, TX399. I don't know what that is, but it's a cool knife. <laughs> it's got a really sharp blade on it. Uh, it's got a cool handle. It's probably, I don't know, some kind of micarta or something, uh, but it's a folder. Uh, from Coast Knives, and I got this from my buddy over at USC SOG, uh, Senior Team Leader Garcia sent that to me. So thank you, Senior Team Leader. Very cool. Appreciate that. Had to have something to replace my Tool Logic uh, since it got accosted. <laughs> it got stolen from me. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen hiding yeah, a hair of it. You need to find a rip whistle for that one. Yeah, yeah, I do. That's somebody I didn't see at the at the blade show. I didn't see Tool Logic there anywhere. I was gonna go up to them and uh, try to get me another Tool Logic with the rape whistle on it. That didn't work out <laughs> good. And then my my torch, my light I'm carrying is the one from Keltec, and I don't know the model number on it, but go to Keltec's website and you'll see their flashlights. They're really cool, really small, handheld, uh, but they are bright as hell. So check them out too. And I've got my, what is it, Travex wallet. Uh, again, it's one of those kind of cool little things that you can, it's real compact. And uh, that's where I keep mainly my credit cards and my, my cash. I've been using the Leatherneck one for uh, my business cards. I think it's called Travex. I don't know. I got it for my birthday for my brother a couple of years ago. And it's, it's held up really well. Very cool. Yeah. So there was yeah. our EDC check. So let's get back to Blade. <laughs> Squirrel, it's not like us to get off topic here on this show. No, never. So you I went. got a script, right? Nah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I went by. My first stop was the the uh, guys over at ZT Zero Tolerance. Yes, sir. And um, and the reason I went over to them first is because we, you know, I thought I might have something in common with them because they sponsor Jesse Tischhauser, um, who's also sponsored by Nordic Components. You know, Jesse's the three-gunner. He's been on the show a couple of times. Great guy. Uh, really tearing it up in the three-gun world. So I went by there, and um, they had they had a couple of knives that were, they just released at the show, but they're not going to be released for probably till next year, I think is what they said. Uh, but I've made some nice posts of those on Instagram, so you guys can check those out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and there's some kind of number series. So, again, I'm not a knife guy yet, so I'm still learning. But I give you guys uh, links that you can go and look this stuff up. But they were really cool. You saw them, didn't you? You saw those knives. Yeah, those things were, those things were pretty sweet. They uh, the real smooth action on them. They have nice lockups. Uh, 
Beautiful knives. See, that's why I got you on the show, so you can give me the knife le- lingo. So when I'm well, when I'm talking, and, I'm not going to give you much. <laughs> <laughs> fill fill in with the lingo as you hear me struggling. Stop. I'll struggle right along with you. Stop by Boker, and uh, talked with Tony Alfie. Tony's the vice president of sales and marketing there. Uh, going to get those guys on the show. Going to get Alfie on the show. Uh, he was showing me some sort of a. Um, uh, expedition knife that they had. It was all one piece of metal. It was probably about a 10-inch blade or something, 10-inch knife total wow. length. Um, but it was a nice, big, solid uh, knife. And it's one of those with the the handles, hol- not hollow, but they've got it to where you can do the paracord around it. So it didn't have a... Oh, yeah. It didn't, yeah. Have a, nice. didn't have a handle on it. They've got a smaller version that you can get different handles for it, but this one was meant to be wrapped with paracord. So it was a really cool knife. I got pictures of that on the social meds. Um, cool. Zombie Tools. I was really impressed with these guys. Zombie Tools. Uh, they're based out of uh, Montana, Missoula, Montana. And uh, they make some really cool-looking knives and swords. Uh, and they're starting to get into more of the utility kind of knife uh, market as well. They had a couple of re- new releases there at the show. One of them was called the Bush Licker, <laughs> which which I love the name. But uh, those guys, I'm going to have them on the show and, and talk about how – he was telling me how they do all their, their knives and swords and make everything. And I mean, these are actual – I mean, they look cool as hell. They're actually functional They've got videos out there on YouTube. Uh, look up Zombie Tools. Um, one of their their swords they use they like they chop a a freaking car hood in half with it. Wow! They chop some other stuff with it. Chop something else with it, and then they cut bread with it. It keeps it keeps a blade keeps a an edge. Keeps that, the edge. Yeah, yeah, it keeps the edge, but. Yeah, I mean, not only are they cool looking, but they're they're actually functional. They've got a karambit that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, the karambit was cool. Yeah. So, what what is that finish that they had? Was it like kind of like a, just like an acid finish? Yeah, that, it was some kind really of on the blades. Yeah, it was some kind of acid finish. And I asked him about that. I was like, "How does it keep that finish on there?" He said, "Well, if you use it a lot, eventually, yeah, it's going to wear off." He said, "But if you're ever in Montana, or you can ship it back to them, and they'll refinish it for you." If it ever comes oh, out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was. It yeah, it was definitely really gave it. It cool. gave those, all those blades a really cool look. That whole, those zombie apocalypse type yeah. look to them. Did Just you go chop some zombie in the head? Yeah. And then they had this, <laughs> they had this Yoda statue, uh, dressed up like a pirate, uh, at their booth. And I, I took a selfie with it and, uh, I posted it on social media and I said, uh, you know, even though he was in disguise, Trying to go, you know, incognito on the down low. I immediately picked out Bernie Sanders in the crowd or something like that. I can't remember exactly what I said, but it's like, it's like he was like a green Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I saw that post. It was great. But one of the guys in the booth, and I can't remember his name. None of them had cards with their names on them, which that sucked. So I just got a card that's got zombie tools on it, and I'm terrible with, you know, trying to remember people's names. But one of the guys, have you seen that movie 13 Hours? Yes. He's also in that pirate TV series. Um, pirate TV series? Uh, Black Sails. 
Toby Stevens. His name's Toby Stevens, the actor Toby Stevens. Nah, it doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, he was he was also in a James Bond movie. Um he was the villain. Uh Okay. Uh what is that? Which one was it? It was uh, Pierce Brosnan. It's where this North Korean um military guy goes over the waterfalls and he gets like a face change and he's like a British guy, you know, impersonating a British guy. Uh, stealing these diamonds and stuff. Which which James Bond was that? Ooh, man, that one. Die another know. day. Die another day. That's what it was. Okay. So he was in Die Another Day too. So he was in Thirteen Hours. He was in Black Cells, and he was in Die Another Day. So you guys get a reference. You can go look this guy. They got one of their employees looks like Toby Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even his mannerisms, his little smiles, you know, little smirks that he does in, in the movies, it was just like him. I meant to ask him. If he was, but I couldn't remember the actor's name, so I just let it go. <laughs> yeah, I went when I went back um, the the next day. I guess they they had noticed me and and uh, they they were real excited about about coming on you know, sometime here in the future Sweet. talking about with the their products. Yeah, so uh, Matt Matt Williams is the South Paul Knotts guy that I was telling you guys about. He went by too, and he sent me a message and said the same thing. I was like, well, cool. I love it when people are excited to be on the show. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, so that was that was probably in in my opinion, as far as my experience with knife show with the knife with the blade show, the the best experience next to the guy, um, which we can't remember his name now, that does the the fox knives. Yes, and I feel like a douche for not remembering his name, but I don't have Matt one of and his... the guy next to him. Oh yeah, <laughs> the get, guy next if to you him. Get him on the show who looked like Vince Gill. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, I think his name was Mike, uh, like Vanderklumpt or something like that. Apparently, he's and he sold the Fox guy the patent. He actually de- yes. developed that knife and he sold him the patent to it. So he's apparently a real yeah, and I think that, that, smart guy. That other new knife that he was talking about, uh, I think it was kind of a, a collaboration between the two. Yeah. Um, stopped by the uh, Arkansas Knife Company, Dozier, Bob Dozier. Uh, I guess owns part of that, but uh, met those guys. Going to try to get them on the show. They're actually uh, big supporters of the Sheepdog Impact uh, Assistance Group, which you guys, uh, Sergeant Major Lance Nutt, we've had him on the show many times, and uh, Talking Lead supports them. So that'll be a, a great show with them. Um, who else? Uh, Greg Medford of Medford Knives. Yeah, I was about to say Medford Knives. That yeah. Was- that was a, a great guy. Enjoyed meeting him. Uh, he seems to be pretty enthused about being on the show, also. So we're gonna schedule and have him on the the show. Greg Medford. That should be, that, that should be a a very good educational show. Yeah, um, they gave away some knives, and uh, he would get up before each giveaway, and he'd talk about the company, talk about his employees. Uh, very energetic and enthusiast, uh, enthusiastic. Uh, and very positive, so he'd be a great guy to have on the show. Also a veteran, and also a veteran, absolutely. Oh, you remember the you remember the booth we went by where the guy was using bones and skulls and shells from yes. from animals that he finds. Yeah, that it, it, it seemed like it was a younger guy too. And yeah, he, he had, the, the quality of the stuff that he had was amazing. Yeah, I was looking for his card here. I don't know if they had a card or not, but that was yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. I can't find out. I remember he was out of North Carolina. Oh, yeah. He was out of North Carolina. 
Yeah. I got to find his card. But anyway, that was those were really cool. I posted a couple pictures of that as well. Um, yeah, the, the tortoise skull and... Uh... Yeah, he actually, the handle or the uh, handguard of his sword that he made was a snapping turtle skull. So that was kind of cool. And then he had one he made from a fox leg. And he had several, like, leg bone handle knives that he that he had made. But he puts a lot of detail into his work. And uh, I mean, with that tortoise one. the blades, but also the sheaths. Right, and like the sheaths. The, the two matching ones that had, like, I guess, what was it? Like, the eagle's footprint on one side and then the wing on the other? Yeah, that was very cool. And then that fox one, he, the sheath had a fox carved in on it and all kinds of cool little background stuff. Very, very expensive. <laughs> more, yes, yes. More expensive than, uh, than what I would probably buy, but, uh, I don't know. I, did he say those were functional or were those just art? I think he said they were. No, I think they said they were functional because I know he was talking about, yes, yeah, that they made great hunting knives. And That's right. He did. Knives. Yeah. Uh, Kershaw went by the Kershaw knife. Uh, wait a minute. That's, that's also zero tolerance. Never mind. Yeah, that was over in that same area. Yeah. Kind of the same blanket. Yeah, they're they're the, under the same umbrella. Oh, well, right across from the guy that, that did all of the uh, the bone work, we saw the most expensive knife probably at this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, there was this, this, I mean, it was just unique, so I want to stop and look at it, but it was a knife that had a cannon mounted on it. <laughs> it was a little small black powder cannon, cannon gun that had a folding knife that comes out of it and it was functional um it was 45 caliber was it 45 caliber the sword the sword was 45 caliber no the no the cannon was a 40 it was a 45 caliber little musket ball there was a black powder little on the knife 45 caliber balls okay yeah that was mounted on the knife okay so that one was 45 caliber too so it but it was i think he said they were asking or they wanted to get thirty five thousand for it There's a lot of things I want in life too. It's a really nice case, and its own little powder measure, and a couple of the the balls. (laughs) But it had a lot of uh, engraving and stuff done on it. I mean, it was, and it was all handmade. And he had made all the little tools and everything were handmade for it as well. So it was definitely a you know custom one of a kind that I'm sure whoever made it put you know thousands of hours into it, no doubt. Yeah, that detail, the detail on it was, was pretty sick. And it had that whole Navy theme to it. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of cool. Ran into um, Jay Spicer with the, I don't know if he's Mount Jewett or Lebanon. I can't remember, police department. But he's been on the show before. If you guys remember, we did a, a little fundraiser with them and recorded the show during their fundraiser a couple of years back uh, to help them raise money to go to police week. And uh, ran into Jay there, so hey Jay, sorry uh, we didn't get to spend more time together. And uh, he gave me he gave me a little bit of shit about not uh, <laughs> letting him know I was going. So <laughs> I, I got an earful from him about it. What else? What what uh, what stood out to you most about the show? What was your most uh, enjoyable thing? I know you got to spend some time with uh, some sort of a uh, what's that th- that that martial arts stuff you're doing with the knives. Uh, Kali. Kali. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kali. Kali is a, it's a Filipino martial arts, something that I've been uh, tinkering with here for, I guess, probably about a year and a half now. Uh, something that I do really enjoy. Uh, you know, when I started carrying knives, 
I figured I'd want to learn how to use them. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically just kind of YouTube things and actually found videos by uh, Doug Markaida, uh, who's actually designed, helped design a, a bunch of the knives, especially a couple of them that I actually carry. And uh, the videos that he has on, on the knife fighting were just sick. And he just found out exactly what it is that he was doing and, and basically just tried to find it uh, available in my area and, and started taking it and just, just fell in love with it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's something it's, anybody can do, too. It sounds like it would be cool, but uh, you actually had a, a class with this guy, right? Uh, yeah, like Saturday, Saturday morning. Um, actually, the guy that, that uh, I take lessons from was sponsoring Doug uh, here uh, before Blade Show on Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, we're here. We're there for I think it was about five hours uh, training. And, man, there, there was so much information in that short amount of time. I mean, we were there for five hours, but it still felt like it was rushed. Oh wow! Uh, but yeah, there's there's just a lot of information to kind of take back and and just grind on and try to incorporate into my training. And uh, it, it was it, it was a really good time. Very cool. He was um, he was also associated with the Fox Knife guy. Yes, yeah, the the dark knife that I carry it actually is uh part of his design yeah. uh, it was a kind of a collaboration between doug and the the guy from fox um, i'm gonna have to google him right and see if i can find his it's killing me no youtube it you find, search on youtube doug markada no not doug uh, markada i'm talking about the fox knife guy oh the guy from Be fox because his because his company wasn't called fox knives it was called something else uh, the ultimate knife the ultimate knife thank you so yes. the the ultimate knife was it the ultimate knife company? Is the ultimate ultimate knife .com. The ultimate knife. Here we go. Okay, there we go. So the ultimate knife, Lad. His name was Lad. Yeah, that's it. Oh man, I got to show you this shirt because when I went back uh, on Saturday, uh, he was. I guess they did a, another raffle where they were giving away some of the the new dart knives uh, and uh, some other things, uh, and he had these T shirts. Mm -hmm. And one one of the T-shirts, it's it's one of those Hillary for Prison 2016 T-shirts. Nice, yeah, it was awesome. Hillary and Katie <laughs> Couric for Prison. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah. So he was a real interesting guy, and uh, he, <laughs> I'm going to get him on the show. His his name's Lad, theultimateknife.com, and uh, he carries the Fox. Now, isn't there actually a Fox Knife Company? Is this the exact? Is this the same Fox? It's the same company. Yeah, it's still Fox Knives. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I, I think he just had input on a. I don't know if it was just a couple different of uh, a couple different knives or or right. what his affiliation is with them. But he, he does have an affiliation with Fox, where he did help design some of the knives that they that they offer. Okay. All right. So the ultimate knife dot com. Check check him out. Uh, says call Lad at eight 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 five four one four 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 six today. <laughs> yeah, he was he was there with the uh, the new. Our knives and with the Fox 599s, which is their Karambit. Yeah. So you can go to that website and they've got the videos and, and stuff posted there. And he's got one with uh, Doug Markaida uh, from the show there as well. So you go check that out. Yeah, it was killing me. And I couldn't remember his, his name. Know, I had to look it up. So. Yeah. Well, for those that don't know, uh, don't know who Doug is, I mean, I've known him. I got to know him through the martial arts side of it, but he's actually a co host, one of the judges. On uh, the History Channel's Force and Fire, so okay. he's, he's the uh, "It Will Kill" guy. So yeah, and we met uh, we met a couple of those guys also. There was a, a contestant. Yep. Uh, what was we his one name? One of the guys that won. Yep. What was his name? Ooh, the big guy. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just as bad as names with you as you are. 
Casey or something like that. Big guy. He was. He knew he wasn't ball headed. No, he was a big guy. I think he had a lot of hair and he had a goatee kind of goatee. Yeah, goatee, he was a cool guy. Goatee. It was. It was interesting talking to him. And then there was another one of the judges that was over across from him. Remember, he was. Uh, um, yeah, another one of the hosts. Yeah, don't yeah. remember. Don't remember his name either. Oh man, if if, if I hadn't thought yeah. about it, I could have just told you. <laughs> That's fine. Jay Nielsen. Jay Nielsen. Jay Nielsen. Okay. All right. Yeah, he he was he had a booth uh, right next, uh, pretty close to where the contestants guy was. Right, very cool. So I mean, yes, all in all, I mean, I was there one day. Um, it was a great, great show. The guys from SOE Tactical were there. They're set up. They rocked it. Uh, I mean, they were just constantly uh, selling stuff. So they probably you know probably did really well at the show. Um, John Willis and the gang over there. Uh, big shout out to them, the local. Tennessee company, uh, and uh, Jaeger made an appearance. Uh, also, didn't get a chance to talk to him, and he was, you know, obviously there was a big crowd around him, so uh, I didn't want to interrupt him. But uh, um, Jaeger was there. Did he, I think did Mookie show up? Maybe Saturday. Did I miss? I missed Mookie. I don't, know. But, I don't think I ever saw him. I did see Jaeger on Saturday at that booth. I just kind of stopped by. It looked like he was busy talking to someone. So yeah, I mean, he's always busy. Busy. But, There's people always talking to to Jaeger. Um, I think Mookie was there. I think I saw a couple of pictures with Mookie too, but I, I missed Mookie, uh, as well, but, uh, definitely going to go back next year. Um, hopefully they'll approve my press credentials again. <laughs> and, uh, between, between now and then, yeah, I mean, that's the goal between now and then I'm going to be able to, to, you know, talk the lingo and, uh, you know, know more about knives. So, uh, you guys heard the lineup of some, just some of the people that we've got scheduled to be on. And uh, and teach my dumb ass more about knives. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, else had a really nice booth was the uh, the key bar and hellbent holsters. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, our they buddies had from a really nice setup. They're sitting there doing uh, you no know, custom laser engravings right there on site. Yeah, uh, they had from what I remember, I guess from their posts, I think it was like five hundred or over five hundred pictures, Instagram pictures that they had mounted all over the inside and outside of their, uh, of yeah, their what they it's did was cool. they took uh, posts that, um, their customers have posted on their, their social media pages and they just put those pictures up all over the booth and they did them up really nice. I mean, they're almost, they were like framed kind of things, real high, high definition pictures. So yeah, that was awesome. That was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, so something to look forward to lead heads. Uh, we're going to start covering knives more on the show. Um, and uh, that'll be coming up here real soon. But now it's time to get into our Big Three East coverage, continued coverage. Uh, it seems like, you know, that was all the interviews that I got. I mean, you'd think I was there for a year, <laughs> but I was only there for like three days. But I'm still cranking out these interviews. So got a couple of more that I'm going to cut in right now, let you guys listen to. And uh, number one and I will be right back. All right, Leadheads, we are back. We're at the Big Three East event down here in Daytona, Florida. And I've just picked up a couple of other stragglers wandered in the room here. I have Mr. Bill Brotherton mm-hmm. with Teal Blue Bravo. And I also have Max Steele. Style. Style. Okay. I like steel. Yeah, I know. But style's good, too. Right? You got style, brother. <laughs> 
and he is with Hill and Mac Gunworks. Welcome in, guys. Thank you. Thank you for that. So you guys both have uh, some pretty cool products that you've brought down here to showcase the uh, Big Three East. First off, how are you enjoying the, the event? Is it your first time? Oh, no, no. You're, you're been, an old hat at this, huh? I've been here many times. Close friend to CJ's. Okay, awesome. What about you, Matt? Uh, it's absolutely my first time. We just got invited, uh, God, probably about two months ago. Okay. Uh, we, we actually met at SHOT. Um, uh, Tim from Military Arms Dra- Channel dragged CJ over to our booth and said, hey, you need to look at this. It's pretty cool. And uh, we got to talking to CJ, and then we got invited to this. So Very we're, cool. it's all been kind of a whirlwind for us since yeah. Uh, January. Yeah. That was that was kind of my whole story there, too, how I got here. This is my first one as well. And, uh, I mean, he, he couldn't prepare me enough for this. This <laughs> is completely unexpected. It's it's huge. It's a lot bigger than what I expected. And uh, they've got plans of expanding, too. So it's just going to get better and better every year. Well, it's a heck of a facility, first of all, to begin with. It, it, so I guess you've been coming since the be- the beginning, right, Bill? Yeah, I helped build the berms and dug the stumps. And, uh, so you're yeah. you're more familiar with it than than any of us, obviously. It's like I said, it's it's unbelievable how one man's vision has grown into this in this first class facility. Luckily, I get to go into a lot of ranges, and uh, I've been all over the United States shooting, and to have to see a friend to be able to expand his vision into a real world-class facility where the media, in a very intimate setting, gets to handle and interact with the manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got its flavor, uh, all of its own. It's really an important, integral part to this industry. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people uh, that, that are out of the industry really understand what well, it's a whole It's a whole other level of interaction that it brings for the media and the manufacturers. Um, like, like you said, I think you said it, it's intimate. You know, it's, it's an intimate setting where everybody's relaxed. It's a relaxed atmosphere. And, you know, nobody's afraid to be themselves here. You know, everybody's themselves. They just let it all hang out. You know, what's up, guys? <laughs> what's up, brother? So what, what's your take on this? It's a little overwhelming, honestly. Uh, yeah? be, being a first time here. Uh, being that we're we're fairly new to this type of media exposure, that's also a little overwhelming. Not to mention the fact, that kind of the pace of everything, we feel like is uh, is is just about right for us. Um, you know, we presented this morning, and uh, since then, uh, kind of yesterday, nobody really knew who I was, so to speak. And that I don't want to sound egotistical, but uh, I couldn't get back to my chair without people saying, "Hey, I, I want to do an interview. Hey, we need to talk to you. Hey, we need to talk to you." Absolutely. Um, so that and that's exactly what you were hoping to get by oh, attending this event, right? Absolutely. It's we hope to get half of it kind of thing and, and yeah and it's uh it, it's overwhelmingly positive, exceeded though. your expectations tremendously yeah yeah mine too so tell us about your company what you guys do mac well um we're a small company first of all um what we do is uh, we started making reactive steel targets um and we did that uh, about three years ago uh, i was a design engineer for a company called kubota uh, and then i worked for a company called kubota uh, yeah. like the kubota like the kubota okay yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I worked for a company called Siemens, uh, working on power plants. Okay, so uh, they're like an electrical company or something like that. Right? They're, a, they're, a, yeah, they're a large conglomerate that has their fingers in a lot of pies. Right. And uh, a good friend of mine, been friends forever. Uh, basically, he wanted and needed a tax shelter, and I needed to not work for somebody else. So we started a business <laughs> as a lark and uh, started making reactive steel targets, and and we got picked up by Cabela's and a few other distributors. And uh, I said, I've always wanted to. Make guns. I've always wanted a Sturmgewehr, and I just can't go buy one. So I wanted to do it. Yep. So that's uh, that's where we're at right now is I've spent two years of my life 
um, designing the SGG44 um, for a more modern audience, basically, because mm-hmm. I could have reproduced it as the original was made, um, but it wouldn't have, it, it led blue. I mean, you can't get the original caliber all that much. Right. Um, you can't tell people that you can't take parts out of one gun and put them in another because everybody wants yeah. commonality. People don't want to use iron sights anymore. Or interchangeability, yeah. And uh, nobody wants a hot metal hand grip in front. They want something that they can, you know, right. shoot all day and not worry about. Right. So you basically what you did, you took the, the old design and you just bring it up to date, making without, it modern. Without sacrificing everything that it makes the original so unique. We have to pay, I hate to say pay homage to it because it's, you know, it's history, but... Um, you have to represent the original configuration as close as possible yeah. without sacrificing, you know, oh, I, I want to do it with this caliber and this barrel length and these options and that stock and that optic and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to, to get right because you're, you're either going to upset everybody and make nobody happy or you're, you're not going to please all the people half, all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's been an interesting project for sure. Very cool. And how long have you guys been at this? I've been doing this this gun. I've been working on it for about two years. Two years, okay. And is it in production now? We are in production with many of our long. You know, it, it's it's sort of a misnomer to say you're in production because if you're making a single part, it's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're making a whole firearm from scratch, uh, which we are completely in the U.S., um, we've been. You know, I've been had stocks been cutting now for six, eight weeks. Yeah. Um, we've got barrels cutting. We, we're cutting trunnions constantly. Did you have to get some sort of a uh, something from Strom Gravair to to be able to do this? Did you get their blessing or their permission? <laughs> no, or, no you, know? uh, uh, <laughs> you just did it. Uh, the uh, the the gun design came around uh, in the forties during World War Two. Yeah, and uh, it's it's in the public sector. Uh, the design of it is right now, and uh, the the designers of it um, they got kind of split up, and some went to HK eventually through Setme, and they say some went to the Ural Mountains and worked on AKs and helped design that supposedly, right, or whatever the, whatever you want to believe or not. Um, but no, the design for it was patented uh, in a government that no longer existed past forty-five, shall we say? Yeah, gotcha. so, so I'm not nobody there to contest it. No, no, no. So t- talk about the things that you have done to it to to modernize it, to change it a little bit. Well, the biggest thing, um, the two biggest parts are the uh, the barrel system mm-hmm. and the trigger pack or the magazine too. Uh, the barrel system, the originals uh, used a rivet pin that pinned the barrel to the trunnion to the receiver. That sort of fixes you to that barrel, to that trunnion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we did was we hid a barrel castle nut underneath the handguard in the trunnion so that we allow the users to swap barrels and calibers whenever they want to. Okay. Um, that also allows them to run different length barrels right. and different length gas systems. Cool. Um, we also standardize on a, a Stanag Magwell. Uh, a lot of people go, you know, well, I want my AK ammo to shoot AK magazines. And we looked at that um but to change the trunnion design to accommodate an AK magazine, it wouldn't be recognizable as a gun. So right. we said, well, let's standardize uh, on a Stanag Magwell, which lets us do pretty much whatever we want in terms of caliber. As long as something will fit through that Magwell, we, there's also an aftermarket to support that mm-hmm. as well, just from the jump. Yeah. And it really gave us a lot of freedom in terms of caliber selection. Cool. Uh, so and that, what are your different calibers that you're that you're running? We're offering four initially. Uh, we're doing the original eight mil Kurtz seven nine two by thirty three, which was a shortened down eight millimeter Mauser rifle okay. cartridge. Um, two two three wild, so you can shoot whatever two two three five five six you want out of it. Yeah. Three hundred blackout, which is ballistically almost identical. If you shoot 
like 125 grains right. to the original caliber, which is interesting because you can't just go into a gun store by 8 mil curts these days. Yeah, no. Uh, and we're also offering it in 762 by 39, which is very close to 8 mil curts and is so cheap and easy to get, it just made sense for us to go that route. Uh, that was kind of why we chose that one. It's I'm not a big fan of it because the spec of it is all over the board. Right. I mean, you get some old military surplus stuff that's, uh, you know, you'll chrono it and it's like 600 FPS difference <laughs> between the same magazine and the same lot size. Yeah, very inconsistent. But it's available and it's an op- It's something that we had to do. If we didn't do it, people would wonder yeah, why yeah. we didn't. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be asking for it. So you just yeah. went ahead and headed them off the pass and here you go. We had to. We have some other options coming up with it. Um, we haven't said anything public on it yet, but okay. we, we view the gun as more of a platform. Well, this is the show for exclusives. So if you feel the need, you want to go ahead and drop that on us, feel free. Well, I think dropping a, <laughs> a new Sturm Gewehr four heads, caliber offerings is enough right now. Our lead heads can keep a secret. <laughs> um, we also, um, our trigger system is a standard HK semi-auto pack. Uh, if you're an 07 or an 02 SOT, um, you can make yours a select fire if you'd like to. Okay. Um, we, we can't obviously nice. offer that to the public <laughs> yeah. for obvious reasons. And if you have a registered HK pack, um, you you cannot just drop your pack into our gun and have it go full auto. There would need to be a, another part, which the ATF then says that's a combination of two or more parts, which mm-hmm. make a new combination, which is a new machine gun, not your registered either seer or pack. Bill, feel free to, to chime in. You don't have to turn me quiet. <laughs> no, I, I really like what he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking a while ago. He needed a drawing, and I've been in, in involved in this since I was 14, so I was able to provide him with a, a cartridge drawing. But looking at his gun and understanding the history of that gun, mm-hmm. I think it gives an enthusiast a chance to own a modernized piece of history that is well-made, well-thought-out, easily change calibers mm-hmm. and i just you know we were sitting here talking about it. i just think it's the greatest thing you, showed. You, you guys have it here right yes sir we okay. have uh, i haven't seen it yet so i'm anxious they're, they're to down go, there to fire to line right it. now we're going to get some video of it mm-hmm. so you, you let heads make sure you check our youtube channel uh to do that but in the meantime as you're listening to this if i don't have my video posted yet i'm notorious for you know slow my video post because doing the the podcast here but they can go to your website and check out the absolutely and can they order them there? Is that where they order them also? Or you, you can order them direct from me. Uh, we are through a few other distributors. Uh, talk to your retailer. Uh, we have distributor and retailer pricing for them. Uh, what we would prefer is go to your local retailer and ask them and see if uh, they would be interested in carrying it. Mm-hmm. Because we do offer that. You know, they let let the small guys make a little money on it too. Right. Well, I'll be happy to take your money online. You can go run your credit <laughs> card right now today and take it. I'll be more than happy, happy to, to ship it to their FFL. Yeah. I'd love to. However, yeah. we also know that there are a lot of small shops out there that mm-hmm. uh, this industry is is not that big, and everybody knows everybody. Yeah, and we'd rather we'd rather help everybody than than just be you know right. make it a land grab, so to speak. I'd be happy to hook you up with our local ones there in the Nashville area. Well, we'd love to. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Bill, yeah, talk, say something. Well, my well, name is Bill Brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the owner of Teal Blue Bravo, and uh, I produce a. A unique part called the PDQ. It's a ambi bolt stop release that uh, you can retrofit into any AR. And you handled it a minute ago. I did. I did. Yeah. It was uh, very useful. Yeah. I I liked it. It's it, like, why doesn't this exist already? Yes. And, and I've had a lot of compliments like that. Like I said, I, I designed it, and uh, I'm real proud of it. I've been in production about four years. I'm bringing out a part now for the 308 that it, uh, I've tested and tested. And... 
luckily business has grown and now i bring out my own billet i have my own billet upper and lower okay. ar you handled it a minute ago okay that was one of my uh, oh that's one of yours okay yeah yeah they, everything in there uh, is match quality uh, when i hand you a gun i expect uh, you to come back and say gee whiz belt worked as advertised <laughs> and i guarantee everything i do okay if i ship you a part and you're not satisfied i will work with you and your gun until you are satisfied. Uh, I really believe in uh, in good customer service, and I believe in what I do. Right. I, I firmly believe I've revolutionized the AR platform because now you have an ambidextrous release that you can control. Ambi release, yeah. You can control it from your firing hand. Your hand never has to leave the shooting position. So uh, for our listeners, uh you may be having trouble visualizing this. Talk them through the design of this. Okay. The design's pretty straightforward. If you would imagine a regular bolt stop, what I've done is extended that to the port side of the gun and made a little paddle that you can control. In other words, you can push up on the paddle. As you pull the charge handle, you lock the bolt to the rear. Just use your index finger. Your index finger. Exactly. Pop it up. Right. Yep. Now, once you've got the bolt fully locked, you want to go back to action, push down with your finger, off she goes. There it is. If you're a left-hand shooter, again, your hand never leaves fire control. So you're going to feed with your right hand into the magazine well and reach up with your thumb and shoot, or rather close the bolt, and back to action. Mm -hmm. There are two videos on my website under tealbluebravo.com, okay. and you can see the gun being demonstrated in left-hand mode and right-hand mode. Right. And... Um, Maybe later you'd like to shoot the gun. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll take a video of you doing it. Okay. Okay. We'll do that. Yeah. And I think you'd really enjoy that. And it's a pleasure to be sitting here with this young man. Yeah. Because he's done something. And I know, folks, it's my turn to talk, but he's really made something cool. Okay. <laughs> I, I really like what he's done. And please check me out. You know, uh, I'm the owner. I'm the guy you talk to. I think it's a fantastic product. I really do. It's it's. The thing about ambi releases, um, and I could repeat this, I'd be happy to, but um, a lot of ambi lowers say that they're ambidextrous, but it's they don't have an option to lock the bolt open from that opposite side. And Bill's solution is is elegant and simple. And in engineering, that's one of those things you always try to strive for. If exactly. a, good a good design is seldom complex. Mm -hmm. uh, a good design is always the simple solution. And it, it, ergonomically speaking, I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. Oh, it makes perfect for that, sense for that index finger. You know, it's it's natural. It's what you want to do instinctively. If you if you've run an AR for any period of time, you you want to do that. Yeah. And and his solution makes so much sense. It's I don't know why it hasn't been done to this point. I don't know why the original wasn't done this way. Does honest. the uh, does PDQ stand for something? Yes. As a young man on the farm, my mother always used to say, "Bill, you better do it PDQ," and that's pretty damn quick. <laughs> that's awesome. Pretty damn quick ambi release. I love that. It's awesome. So, how long did it take you to design this? From actually thinking it up until having a working model that would stand the hammering of the gun, it took about half an hour to think it up. Okay. It took a year and a half of testing to make it run. Okay. Uh, and I've cut up, uh, rather modified, a lot of receivers to make it run. But now, <laughs> now I've got it down down to where it's. Uh, it looks like it, yeah. It, it, you it, know, I it's have like it, it's it was made for the rifle, you know. It's, and uh, it, very it's excited, seamless, very seamless. Yeah, very excited about my 308 part that'll be coming out soon. And and like I said, I make now I make 
my own billet upper and lowers and the complete rifle. Mm -hmm. And they'll be on my website too. But what are we talking price point on this? Fifty nine ninety five. Fifty nine ninety five. And if you're not a skilled gunsmith, take it to your local gunsmith and they'll fix it for you. Or does it come with directions on what you need to do well, and the depth and all that sort of cuts? When you open the pack, there's the part and there are the drawings for doing it with a Dremel tool. Oh really? Yep. Okay. Or doing it with a mill. All right. And here's what I offer. You buy the part, you look at it, you send it to me, thirty five bucks, I put it in, I refinish the gun in black. Mm-hmm. And I send it back to you. Pay the freight back. Can't so, beat that. No. And here's yeah. what else I do. Let's say you put it in and you don't do it right. Yeah, you jack it up. Well, there could be that possibility. Sneeze while you're germling. Yeah. There, 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 <laughs> you, let, let's put it this way. There may be a beauty mark or two you weren't planning on. Right. I will fix that for free. Awesome. Yeah. I, that is awesome. I mean, now you spent your money. Yeah. And we're going to make it go. Guys, don't just start sending your ARs to him if you've got beauty marks on them for him to fix it. That's you got to buy his product first. Oh, oh, oh absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I always tell people send a completely stripped lower. Mm -hmm. and, and I can tell a lot of people have a different vision of completely stripped. Yeah. 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 Different Easy, definitions. Easily on removed parts. So we say. Yeah. It's like, I can take that off and that's it. <laughs> I don't have tools for any other yeah. stuff. It, but it's, it's really a. I've been in this business when since I've been 14. I'm 70. Okay. It, it's been a real unique journey. I can never put back in the shooting industry what it's given me. Yeah. It, it's really been a, a good deal. Well, you got an awesome product, and people can go to the TillBlueBravoLLC.com. Yes, sir. And uh, if they want to get in touch with you directly, is all your contact info on there? It is right on the website. Okay. And they call, leave a message if you don't get me, but you talk to the owner. Right. I'm the guy. You're the owner. Yeah, I'm the buck. The buck <laughs> You're answering the phone. I'm answering the phone. I'm the guy that's in packing and shipping. I'm the guy. Very good. When I build you a rifle, when I build you a rifle, I absolutely guarantee you're going to like it or you don't pay me. You send me your hard-earned money. I send you what you've ordered. You can't beat that. And if you no, don't like it, unbelievable. you get her back. Now, I don't want it back where it looks like a jack handle. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right, yeah. What about, what about you guys? Uh, I don't think we got your website. No, it's uh, hmgunworks.com. Okay. Uh, if you'll Google Hill and Mac, if you'll Google STG44, if you'll Google anything close to that, right. uh, we'll probably be the top one. You'll pop up. Yes, sir. And uh, are you answering the phones when people call you? Actually, I do. If okay. You'll, if you'll uh, dial you number, uh, I think I'm extension 101 for engineering. Yep. Uh, I try to hide behind the engineering tab rather than owner. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm it. I'll answer the phone. Now, did uh, do we get price point on yours? Uh, full MSRP on our rifle is Okay. Uh, but just not know, bad at all. This gun industry kind of, it's a unique little industry. Everybody hears MSRP and they go, okay, what's it really cost? Right. You know, <laughs> we'll throw the MSRP, but always know it's less than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, everybody likes to haggle. Everybody likes a deal. Um, Absolutely. And that's okay. But I would say kind of standard to what the industry uh, standards expect. Uh, but the, but our full MSRP is seventeen ninety nine. Okay. We'll we go. do have map agreements, uh, but it's pretty standard to the industry. Awesome. Leadheads, go check these guys out. Check the products out. They're awesome. Uh, again, support the people that support Talking Lead and uh, the, the events like this. Uh, support these guys so that they'll come back and the big three can continue to grow and uh, get better every year. Yeah, I, amen. The big threes. Well, it's the event I look forward to every year and meeting good people like you and Matt and being able to interact with everybody in the industry. It's it's the best going. Absolutely. I can't argue with that. Couldn't agree more. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Let's go shoot. All right. Okay. Now you get to run the gun.
<laughs> All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed those. Uh, be, uh, be getting some updates from those people at the Big Three East in October. I'll be going back, and I think a lot of the people that I've been doing interviews with will be there. There'll be some new people at the event. There were people there this year that I didn't get to interview, believe it or not. <laughs> You'd think I interviewed every single person there, but uh, there were several people that I uh, didn't have the opportunity to, to get on the show that we're going to have on as well. So October, got the Big Three East coming up, and um, got a couple of things before then that uh, I've got coming up, so... Uh, we've got the grand opening of Royal Range that I'll be going to. Uh, so I'll be getting some interviews from that. We're going to go and set up the show. So if anybody's in Tennessee, you're going to be in the Nashville area June 18th. Come by Royal Range, USA, and you can just Google that and get the address. But it's that really cool range you've heard Casey and I talk about that they converted an old movie theater uh, into a range. Had those guys on the show a couple of episodes back, Bonnie and... Uh, I believe it was Bob. If I got your name wrong, I apologize. Uh, it's not the first time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, we'll be, uh, be be setting up there. I'm trying to get Marcus Fox to um, to get with him and see if he can't maybe do some uh, some sets there. Marcus is getting back into the music. Uh, it's been a while since uh, you guys have heard from Marcus Fox, but uh, he is uh, on the road back. So let's... Go to his website, go to his Facebook page, let him know that uh, the Leadhead Nation is still behind him. Uh, he's a, a veteran country music singer, and uh, he's got some really good songs out. You've heard a couple of them on the show here. Okay, now it's time for the Talking So let's get into our, our fact to fight the myth. And, uh, you, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, Trump and Hillary and, you know, the votes. I got this, somebody sent me this message the other day, it's linked to um, this article, and again, I'm going to paraphrase, but basically what it had to do with was how good it would be for the gun industry if Hillary was elected. <laughs> they're, you know, and they're comparing it to Obama's terms that he's been, and you know, there's, there's no mistaking that it, he has been good for the for the gun industry, but... As a whole, what he's trying to do is not good for the for the gun industry. You know, if these guys get their way uh, and we keep tinkering around and, you know, people think, oh, well, it'll be good, you know, to keep sales up if we get somebody in there like Hillary to do the same thing that Obama's doing. Well, you know, that's not going to be good. The good thing is if we get somebody in office that's going to be supporting our Second Amendment rights, you know, our rights to keep and bear arms, not somebody who's threatening to try to take them away every single day. Because eventually, you know, they swing enough times, they're going to hit a home run. And, and I don't care, you know, all the guns and all the stuff you, you buy, if they confiscate them, they take them away, you know, how good is that going to be? So, you know, that the, the myth being there's, that... There's two ways to promote the, 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 yeah, the gun industry. One of them, the negative way is the way that Obama and the way Hillary will end up doing it, which ultimately will end in negative rights for us. The right. other way would be putting in someone that's actually extremely pro-gun and will actually make it easier to do things and easier to innovate. I mean, can you imagine what the explosion of, of, of new technologies and, and new components you, would be if they were just free to, to be able to go and do it and be able to sell it at a decent price? Exactly. And that's – you stole my thunder. That was the point that I was going nope. gonna to make <laughs> is that <laughs> – <Sorry. laughs> is that no, that's perfect, man. I mean, we're on the same page, and that's great. 
Um, but that's what people got to understand is that a lot of these companies and these people are are holding back coming out with new products and, and like I said, innovation. So our, the innovation for this industry is being stifled because they don't want to put something out if they think it's going to be taken away, you know, the next day. So just like you said, well said, number one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we, we want somebody in there who's pro-gun, pro-Second Amendment, pro-Constitution that is going to encourage innovation in this industry and and encourage these companies to come out with new, innovative, better, safer uh, products. So and Products that people want, not necessarily that they're being forced down like all these, quote, smart guns. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, the myth being, you know, Obama's been great for the gun industry. Yeah, but at the same time, no, he hasn't. Uh, and Hillary would be just as bad or if not worse. The gun sales are going to be gun sales no matter what. So, I mean, can you imagine if, if people are free to go out and buy suppressors, if, you know, they take away the, the tax stamp on that, if we get that approved, oh, yes. and then maybe SBRs to follow that, and, yes. you know, all the innovation that's going to come from that, if people are able to do the SBRs, the, you know, people are going to come up with new ideas, you know, new inventions, new accessories, technology to go along with those because, you know, they're not going to be scared that, you know, people aren't going to buy it or it's gonna, our rights to have them are going to be taken away. So that's my fact to fight the myth this week. Absolutely. Great one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I met this cool guy. Um, his name's Doc Larson, David Larson. Uh, he's a uh, wounded veteran, and uh, he's got these patches that he's doing. Uh, he's got one that says, don't be a dick. It says, Doc says, don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave me that, and he's got one that says, shh, Doc don't care. It's got a uh, finger over lips going shh like that. Uh, I don't know if he's selling these or not. I didn't really get get that clear. I'll find out if he's got a website or something like that where you guys can go get these patches. But he's also got a YouTube channel. He said it was David Larson, but uh, I'm not finding it on YouTube right now. But I did an Instagram post a picture with uh, me and him in the picture. Um, but he and his family met them. Great guy, great family. And, uh, they got hooked up with some Glock swag as well. So, uh, great meeting you, Doc. Hope to uh, talk to you soon. All right. Okay. So, so number one, you got any, any closing thoughts about, uh, about Blade Show? Anything else you want to say yeah, about Blade I, Show? I kind of went this, yeah, I, I went to Blade this year. I was kind of hoping to go purchase something and kind of budgeted myself as to, okay, okay, this, uh, I want to get something that, you know, that to replace my everyday carry. Um, that one's getting kind of beat up a little bit, a little chipped and I want to get something nice to replace it. Um, something that I learned from there though, is, uh, I didn't budget enough to get didn't what you really enough. want, uh, especially with a lot of these really, these custom knife makers. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, they they put a lot of pride in their work and their work is it, I mean, it, it is worth every penny that they're asking for. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking to get something really nice, uh, probably in that like that five hundred to a thousand dollar range, you could really really find something. And I, I really didn't have that budget out this time. See, um, that's, maybe I'll be better prepared next year. That's my and I didn't really go there with the intentions of buying anything. I was just there to meet people. Um, and then seeing the prices on some of these knives, you know, I didn't realize knives were that expensive. You know. Yeah. So, uh, and that's something as, as I get into this and start learning more, I'll be able to appreciate that value, uh, I'm sure a little bit more, but, uh, you know, all the guys that I was with, you know, Jeff and Brandon and Tyler, um, I mean, they were, they were buying stuff 
uh, I don't know if they're buying left and right, but they all bought something. You know, like a Strider. I know one of them picked up a Strider. I don't know if one of them got a Medford or not, but they were getting these, these you know, these higher end knives, spending, you know, 500, 600, 800 bucks on these knives and not thinking twice yeah. about it. And I was just like, geez, you know, that's a, you know, that's a fucking SIG or that's a, you know, that's a Glock or <laughs> I'm just putting it in gun terms. It's like, you know, I could, what I could buy with, you know, gun wise and, um, and it's something, and it, you know, it's not a knife that you're going. It's not going to be a safe queen, and it's something that they're still going to carry every day. Right, and that's what they were saying. They're like, you know, once you get a good, high quality knife, and I'm not saying this Coast that I got's not. I think Coast makes some good quality knives, and I have no idea what this one costs. This may be a, you know, three hundred dollar knife, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's something that as as we go along this adventure with the knives, we're going to learn more about and you know, and the value, but. Uh, some of those things are just absolutely gorgeous. Um, the yes, Medford knives, I mean, you could tell that oh, those, because every one of those is handmade. Yes. They got a dude standing at a grinder, you know, getting that blade exactly the way it needs to. And, uh, you know, he went through the whole spill. So, yeah, I can't wait to get, get him on the show, too, and, and talk they, about their Even process. all the designs on the handles. I mean, each one was pretty much unique. And, and right. each one, you know, done by hand. Yeah. And I guess... Uh, he was saying like each each one is unique and it's like a thumbprint. Every one of them's you know different. Something's a little different about them. So very cool. Yeah. Um, great hooking up with you. Number one, appreciate. Oh, it's great. Great seeing you again. Appreciate you uh, chaperoning me around the the show. I would have been lost without you. <laughs> no, I had a lot of fun though. Thanks, thanks for having me. Maybe you can help me get this contest underway that I keep talking about and give away, uh, you know, <laughs> give away all these prizes. Uh, I need, I need some help getting this organized so we can get these prizes out to to the leadheads. Anything I can do, just let me know. Very cool, very cool. Thanks to all our sponsors: Nordic Components, Cobalt Kinetics, Multicam, Tactical Walls, Glock. Uh, can't thank Glock enough for hooking us up with all that swag. Corey over at Glock, you're the man. Uh, owe you some uh, some cold beers next time we hook up, definitely. Uh, Adam over at Palmetto State Armory. Chad over at Caltech. Uh, Jeff over at Leatherneck, thank you for hooking us up with these uh, wallets. And uh, soon to be an ankle holster. I'm going to work with him. We're going to collab on getting a cool ankle holster made and designed. Uh, might be a uh, maybe a talking lead exclusive or something. Who knows what might come out of that? Seventeen seventy six United. Check them out. Seventeen seventy six United dot com. Cantu Bruner pins. Awesome pins. Uh, Custom made pins from Cantu Bruner. Uh, he makes the bullet pins out of the two two three five five six shells, three oh eight fifty cal. Pretty much any caliber um, that you can think of, he could probably do something with it. So. Check them out, Cantu Bruner, Cantu Bruner Designs. Dipstick123. Yeah, check yeah. out our buddies Dipstick Hydrographics at Dipstick123. Haven't done any hydro dip projects lately, um, but definitely plan on doing it. Uh, if you want to get your vehicle wrapped, uh, you can wrap boats, you can wrap motorcycles, you can wrap trucks and vans and... Pretty much anything like hydro dipping, uh, the bigger stuff. Uh, check out our buddies over at Graphic Effects. Barry over there will definitely uh, hook you up. And the sky's the limit on the designs. Uh, if you can think of it, you can design it. They can come up with a wrap for it. So that does it for this episode of the Nordic Components Talking Lead Podcast. 
Again, Chuck, thank you so much for taking the time to be on with us today. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're going to get, uh, going to get Chuck back on. He's, he's actually um, got the headset and microphone now, so we're going to have to put it to use. <laughs> you guys, don't be surprised if you hear more of Chuck on the show. Woo-hoo. Real quick, guys, um, you're going to start hearing some new music uh, on the show and on my videos. Um, I met this this group went and watched them play. They played in Nashville not too long ago. They're called the Goddamn Gallows, and they're like a, a alternative country metal, um, you know, kind of like a five finger death punch, you know, thrown in with. Uh, I don't know, country band. Uh, <laughs> but it's very cool, very cool music, very uh, high energy kind of music. And I'm going to be having those guys on the show because they're big gun nuts as well from what I found out. So uh, we're going to try to get those guys on the show also. So check out the Goddamn Gallows and go to their website. You can download their albums on, um, on iTunes. Uh, so just want to throw that out real quick. All right, guys, so it's time to sign off now. As always, lead heads, keep your loved ones close. And make sure your blades are felt and not seen. It's O to you, Kuya Doug. Sweet. All right, buddy, out. <laughs>